and what's going on yo welcome back to conspiracies fears and mysteries and i'm your host ralphie again sorry about that noise that you hear in the background it's my movement my microphone picks up everything how's everybody doing today the day of this recording is actually on the 31st it is 1 18 a.m in the morning and um i decided to record this podcast and i don't know if i'm gonna put it out today uh, for this week or i'm gonna or if i'm gonna put it out um next week or for next week for next friday if you're listening to this. so whenever you're hearing it you're hearing it but welcome back to the show again and we're gonna talk about another murder mystery just can't get enough of these i know it's conspiracy if you're the mission the conspiracy heads are like what about the aliens? What about the others? What about the conspiracies? You know, what about the government stuff? What about the whatever? It's, I know, it's coming. Don't worry about it. But there's so much true crime that I just can't help talking about it. You know what I'm saying? I just can't help it. Now I'm going to pause for a second. It's going to be like a minute for me and like no seconds for you and take a swig of my Pedialyte with water. Yes, I like to drink Pedialyte because I feel like it hydrates me more than, um, what do you call it, Gatorade. And I'm going to be talking for a little bit because we're talking about the Watts family. Now, the Watts family. Watts family, if you don't know who they are, um, I think I think pretty much everybody knows who they are, especially if you're, if you're one of the people that follow true crimes and things like that uh the watts family i believe this happened in uh what year was this I have it right in front of me i think this was in 2014 between 14 and 16 i think it was sometime around there and uh this was a a couple a husband a wife and two daughters and a and a soon to be born child the victims were the wife and everybody else except the husband the suspect or the one who was convicted the actual murderer was the husband he li- he lived now this story is uh it's i'm not going to say it's unique i'm not going to say it's extraordinary i think it i think it catches us it it, it, it intrigues everybody so much uh, one, I mean, it's simply a murder. It's it, it's it's horrific what happened, but the the nature of it and like the like the I I don't think any murder is just like ah eh, it's just a you know, but this one is close to home. One, it's in our our century. Our you know, it's one of the ones that's probably the closest as far as a big big crime. That's a big like murder. Like oh my god, type murder. You know. I mean, murder is bad, but this hits home because it's, it's, you know, a whole family gone, you know, and it was the father and it's the person who you think is supposed to protect you and things like that. And, and it, you know, it's supposed to be a loving member of the family. It's always crazy when it's a family member, especially when it's immediate, when it's father, mother, child that either does the crime or is the victim. It's always the hardest, right? Now, uh, I'm going to read this from my Murder uh, murder Minute app. This one was uh, written by Robert Walker on the Murder Minute app. Go download it. I'm not sponsored by them, but it's a great app. I get a lot of stories from there. Uh, it says here, okay, so 
From the outside looking in, the Watts family seemed like a perfect all-American family. Christopher Watts, the father, and Shannon Watts, the mother, both were natives of North Carolina. Like many modern-day couples, the two met on Facebook. According to Shannon, he sent me a friend request, and one thing led to another, and he's the best thing that ever happened to me. and breathe negativity it showed on my family it showed on my children it showed on myself um it shows like it really truly shows so you have to um what i do now is and again don't get me wrong i have my bad days i have my off days we all do we're human right but on those days i choose to do something that will bring me up whether it's reading a book or reading a quote or reading something finding something positive to read um because i'm i'm choosing to be better in life and i choose oh my goodness okay so that was Shannon. Now Shannon, um, she liked to post a lot on Facebook. She was, you know, an avid poster, just like everyone else. You know, she posted her videos of what she was doing. She also had a, you know, she did one of the, she worked one of those. Um, I don't know if it was the MLM companies, uh, you know, the multi-level marketing companies. But she was very successful at it. Apparently, she was she was doing very good, you know. So she traveled a lot and things like that. Um, and then that's where. Things got crazy, but let's go ahead and keep, let me go ahead and keep reading just so you have some background on this. So two years after meeting the, after meeting on Facebook, the two got married. Shannon's parents adored Chris and thought he was the perfect match for their daughter. He did everything he could for her to make her happy and comfortable. Shannon's mother, Sandra Ruzak, Sandra, Ru, Sandra Ruzak said Shannon was often uncomfortable as she as she suffered from lupus, an autoimmune uh, disorder characterized by joint pain, swelling, fatigue, and skin rashes. See, I, I didn't know that part. I didn't know she suffered from lupus. Despite the ailment, Shannon was described by many as a hard worker. She was also a very beautiful woman. She was an independent representative for Level, for Level, yeah, Level, an MLM company that sold Thrive. That sold Thrive, a vitamin product. Thrive is a vitamin product. Chris worked as an operator for uh, Anadarko Petroleum, a large oil company. Company, excuse me. The year after getting married, the couple moved to Frederick, Colorado, a small town in the northern part of the state. And there they made the town payment for a five-bedroom, four... I'm sorry, for a five-bedroom, four-bathroom house. Wow. <laughs> That's almost a bathroom in every room. Uh, in a local suburb on 2825 Saratoga Trail. And I have a picture of the house. Obviously, you can't see it on the podcast. Soon after moving into the house, they had their first child, a girl named Bella Marie Watts. Nearly two years later, in July of 2015, they had their second child, another girl. Her name was Celeste Watts, but she was often referred to as Cece. Very cute kids. Chris and Shannon were described as excellent parents who would do anything for their two little girls. And in June of 2018, it was revealed that Shannon was pregnant again. And this time it was by, it it was a boy. Something that overjoyed Chris as he had always longed for a son. 
Uh, okay, I'm sorry about the timeline. It said 2018. Wow, this was okay. Now I see. I thought this was. Oh, I thought this happened in 2016, and I've been following. You know, I've been kind of following the story because I got so many. But this happened in 2018. Oh well, it was around that time frame because she was pregnant in 2018. Wow, that's that's like the other. That's not even wow. The name they, they they named him Nico Lee Watts and Shannon was expected to give birth to him in January of 2019. Today's the last day of 2019 and that's crazy. So let's see what this. So this is another video from Shannon that she made because she was selling uh MLM products. And let's see what this one is. And there goes Chris. It's a video of... That's Chris Watts. It's kind of eerie watching these videos. Okay, nothing happened. It's just a video. She posts a lot of videos, so it's just... Chris walking in the room, and they seem like a nice couple. It's crazy when you see couples like this, and, you, and these stories come out. Uh, just to see that, they, they, man, they were so normal. Like what, you know? It's 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 scary. Shannon was an avid social media user and loved to document her family life and thoughts via Facebook and Instagram. There's a picture of her with the kids on Instagram. Those who follow her said it would appear that the family seemed to be the happiest people in the world and were full of zest and life. Oh, however, the once happy family's life would be torn apart in August 2018. Wow. To th this was, wow, August of 2018. I was just getting ready to leave to Africa. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know it was that recent. I thought I swore it was 2016. Man, Mandela effect. But okay. We'll talk about that in another podcast. So, on August 9th, Shannon had a business trip that required her to travel to Scottsdale, Arizona. She arrived back around 1.45 a.m. on the morning of August 13th and got a ride to her home from a friend and, and co-worker, Nicole Atkinson, since Chris was at home taking care of the kids. The family's doorbell camera caught Shannon being dropped off and arriving back at home. That would be the last time she was ever seen again. Later that day, at around 1.40 p.m., Chris was at work. Um, the police uh, uh, police officer from the town, uh, Frederick uh, Scott Conrad, was dispatched to the family home for a reported welfare check. And uh, you could see the you could see that video because the officer had the body cam on. You can actually see that video on um, on YouTube. There's, I mean, it's all over the place, so you can see that video. Um, Nicole Atkinson was concerned about Shannon as she had not responded to any of her texts or calls since earlier that morning when she dropped her off. And um, Nicole and her son met with uh, with the officer outside of the Watts home. And you can see that in the video. The whole, I mean, it's every, the whole webcam. The, the, you know, I mean, not webcam. I'm sorry. Not webcam. I said webcam. I meant his, uh, you know, his um, um, body cam. Body cam. 
And this was very out of character for her to not, you know, call anybody or whatever. So it was out of character. And additionally, Shannon had also missed an OBGYN appointment and a work meeting she was supposed to have that day. Nicole also told officers, uh, told Officer Conrad, that she went to the Watts' home at around 12.10 p.m. and knocked on the door and rang the doorbell but got no response. Officer Conrad walked around the outside of the house but didn't see anything suspicious or out of, the, or, or out of place. Although he did notice Shannon's car was still at the house. So that's weird. Chris soon arrived back home after Conrad called him. The officer the officer called Chris, Chris Watts, and advised him that Shannon and the kids were missing. And I told uh, nothing seemed out of place. Chris acted a bit odd when he arrived at the house. And I saw that video. This guy, listen, I saw that video. And you go watch the video and it's just like, I mean, if you, if, you know, we, you know, you have a justice system, you have a, he's a, you know, it's innocent until proven guilty, but this guy could not look any more suspicious. As soon, I mean, you know, there's a way if somebody calls you and, you know, if somebody calls you, God forbid, and tells you, hey, man, your brother, sister, wife, husband, whatever, is missing, you're not going to act like this guy did. You're, you're not, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. Yes, he act, he was like, what? She's missing. But it was, it wasn't, well, yeah, you could just see it. For starters, Chris greeted Conrad and then went inside the house via the garage and told them he would let them into the house. He that he would let the officers and the and the uh, that he would let the officers and the Atkinsons into the house. Atkinsons, her friend. He then spent several minutes doing something in the in the house before he finally allowed the trio to enter. More suspects um, acts. You just open it. If if some if somebody calls you and tells you, hey, your husband and your wife is missing, I mean, you're gonna immediately open the door so the officer can come in and whatever. Nicole was unnerved that Chris seemed fairly relaxed about the whole situation despite the gravity of it. Chris gave Officer Conrad permission to search the house, which was found to be unoccupied. Conrad also noticed that Chris seemed not very engaged in the search and was busy doing something on his phone. He stayed on his, like, he was on his phone doing something. Uh, searchers later discovered that Shannon's shoes, her purse, her phone, her wedding ring, and keys were still in the house, along with the children's car seats. So things are getting even more, uh, are getting more suspicious as, <laughs> as, uh, as just minutes go by. I mean, it's not even, like, minutes are going by, and it's just, getting more suspect and the officer if you watch the video he has the body cam you don't see him physically like that because he has the body cam so you you know it's it's in first person view mode but you can almost feel that the officer is like okay dude like i'm about to body slam you because i already know what's going on here you know like he like he knows you know these officers you know they, they do this for a living and they know when somebody's acting suspect and when they're guilty he mentioned that she said something about going to a friend's house with the two kids later that day. Now, when it um when it became apparent to um that they weren't in the house, uh, Con Officer Conrad called for backup to assist with the search. And one of the responding officers, Detective Baumhover, 
oh, bomb, bomb over, sorry, noticed that he had, uh, that the bed in the master bedroom was missing its top sheet. These are things that they know. These are things that they see. These are things they know. The bedroom was missing the top sheet. Um, it seems insignificant, but when you are, <laughs> when you think about it, you and you're doing a missing person. There's a missing person. This person's not here. This person's gone. Um, everything is suspect. You know, oh, there's a knife missing from the knife collection. You know the, the you know the wood thing that holds the knives. I have one. Oh, the butcher knife's missing. Oh, the top sheets from the thing is missing. Um, you know. It hell if you go to if if if, if they're a person that in like in the garage have one of those shadow boards right, and you see that the tape is missing from there and the hammer is missing, that's gonna raise that's gonna raise, uh, you know, some kind of suspicion. Even if that's not what was used, you're looking at those things and police are looking at everything. They're not they're not they have an eye for this. They they they're looking at everything. When police reviewed the footage, it showed Nicole dropping Shannon off. Nothing was seen for the next few hours, but then at 5 a.m., Chris's truck is seen backing up into the driveway before later leaving in the direction of his workplace. So Chris told police that he had started backing his truck up into the garage to load up his tools for the week since he had been uh, since they had been stolen since he had them stolen in the past. However, Nicole and Nathan both stated that they never saw Chris back his truck into the driveway. Chris was at Nathan's house when he showed the footage to Officer Conrad. Uh, uh, many would remark that Chris looked visibly scared. So I think it skipped the part here. There's some videos, but I'm not going to play them all here. Obviously, the, the audio. But in the body cam footage, they go to the neighbor's house, right? And the neighbor says, well, I have cameras in my house, that, and one of them is pointing that way. So... The officers and the friend and Chris Watts go over to view the footage. Now, I don't think Chris was expecting this. So in the footage, if you go watch it on YouTube, you can see that he like his world is over. Like he's so scared. Like you can see the nervousness in this guy, like the how nervous you can see his mannerisms. You can see how he's moving, how he's looking around. And he keeps looking at his phone and somebody who's missing a loved one, especially a pregnant wife, is not going to be on their phone texting. And that's what he was doing the most of the time, texting. He was, like, on his phone, like, like they, they, I mean, his tail was between his legs, and you could you could see the tail. Like, you could literally see, I swear I saw the tail. It was crazy. Uh, later that evening, police officer declared Shannon and her kids as missing and put out a bolo for them. If you know what a bolo is, that's be on the lookout. And um, they put out posters and stuff. The next day, the Colorado Bureau of Investigation and the FBI joined in in the investigation. And uh, they brought in cadaver dogs to search the house. And they didn't find anything. They didn't find anything in the house. Additionally, forensic technicians searched the house for uh, traces of a struggle and cover-up. But there was also, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't able to find anything. During that during that day, the media was alerted, and soon a huge caravan of news vehicles and reporters uh, came, you know, to to the Watts home, and the case gained international attention. Chris gave an interview with some local stations, pleading for the return, for their return. But some viewers noted that he seemed to be very emotionless. Let me see if this is the audio from that or the video from that, so you can hear it. 
don't know. I don't know where my kids are. I don't know where Shannon is. It's it's not something I could ever ever fathom would happen in my lifetime, and I I have no inclination of where she is. I've re we've reached out to friends, family. Our fa all, both of our families are back in North Carolina, so they're beside themselves. Like we all have friends in North Carolina. We have friends here. We have friends everywhere, and not knowing like where she is or where the kids are, it's. I, I I don't know what to do right now. I just feel so alone in this house right now, and I don't know, I don't know where I go from here right now. And you said you had to stay here by yourself last night. I, when I open the door, it's like you're almost like. I, I mean, my heart's my heart's racing a mile a minute. I mean, just I, everything that's happening in the last last few days is just, <clears throat> it's earth shattering right now. It's like my world's been turned upside down. Like I have friends that have offered to, to I just I didn't feel like I should have left last night. Like just in case, like. Maybe she came back. Maybe the kids came back. Maybe something happened. Maybe I, there's a knock on the door. I wanted to be here. I didn't think last night was a good time to stay with anybody else. Or, I mean, I'll, I'll want, I want, I want friends to be here with me because that just makes me feel better. Okay, this guy's so corny, man. This guy's so corny. This guy's so corny. I hated him. I, I every time I see him, when I saw the video, it was like, oh my God, uh, there was a vigil. Outside of the missing Watts family members, for for the missing Watts uh, family members at the house, within two days of Shannon Watts going missing, along with her two children, police turned their focus on her husband. Two days after, although Chris had previously stated that he had last seen Shannon and the kids when he was leaving for work on the morning of August 13, 2018, police were not sure that how true this was. The lack of evidence of any crime occurring and Chris and Chris's nonchalant behavior is what caused the FBI to bring him in for preliminary questioning on the night of August 14th during the interrogation Chris stuck to his story and mentioned that he thought one of Shannon's many friends may have picked her up without telling anyone now that's stupid because by this time I mean this you saw this one was she loved to post and she hadn't posted anything it's she didn't she probably didn't go people who like to post a lot probably cannot go a day without at least posting a picture of like breakfast or something um so the fact that she didn't post anything would tell you that it is dumb to think that Oh, maybe one of her friends picked her up. She would have posted like a selfie with her and her friend or something. You know what I mean? At the at a minimum, investigators found nothing to corroborate this and pressured Chris Chris sorry into describing exactly what he and Shannon had talked about the last time he saw her. Chris admitted that the last conversation was a bit heated as they were arguing about marital issues. Ooh, and the plot thickens. Although they seemed like a perfectly stable and happy family on the surface. Police began to uncover cracks in the couple's marriage. During the interrogation, the FBI asked to search Chris's phone, and he obliged. And he had an iPhone. The agent interviewed Chris. That in the, the agent that interviewed Chris had asked him beforehand if he was cheating on his wife, and he, uh, and he said no. The FBI released Chris for the night and requested that he come back to the station the next day to continue the interview and to take a polygraph. Meanwhile, a 
upon doing a digital recovery of the phone, technicians found that Chris was in fact cheating on Shannon with a co-worker named Nicole Kissinger. Wow. Chris first met Kissinger at work after taking a malfunctioning gas meter to her to have it fixed. Evidence from Chris's phone showed that Chris entered Kissinger's contact information into his phone on June 14th, about a month before the disappearances. Jesus Christ. That must have been some good stuff. My God, nothing in the world would ever make me do I mean, that, man, you got to be like so, not sick. Not sick. It, yeah, it's sick. But it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I was going to say you got to be a sick individual, but not sick. I got to say you got to be a weak individual, very weak. That is, that is some, I'm going to say that is, that is, um, that's beyond the beta male stuff. That is so weak, weak minded, beta male, beta female, whatever the hell that is weak to, to get to this level over a relationship. But anyway, on July 4th, while Shannon and the kids were on vacation in North Carolina, Kissinger came over to the Watts house to hang out. Wow. 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 D- Man, this Jesus, Lord, people. If, first of all, if you feel like you got to do your dirt, okay, and you got significant, you live with your significant, don't bring them to the house. Him or her. Don't bring them to the house. That's crazy disrespect. I'm not, look, I'm not condoning violence, but if there was going to be violence in any way, it should have been her to him. You know what I'm saying? Because she brought him to the house. You know what I mean? I'm not saying she, anybody should have killed anybody, but, you know what I mean? A good slap in the face with a cast iron skillet. Maybe just one, just one. July 7th was when the first call between Chris and Kissinger was logged. And then investigators also found texts on Chris's phone that showed signs of tension between him and Shannon regarding the relationship. On July 10, Shannon asked Chris, you okay? It's like you don't want to talk. I kept trying to talk and I had to dig it out of you. And uh, let me see. I got the text right here. It says, Shannon asks, are you okay? Uh, I'm trying to talk to you. Uh, and then Chris replied, I'm fine, baby. The last few days at work uh, have put a lot of responsibility on me with new people. I didn't mean to seem short, boo. I love you to the moon and back with some heart emoji. Shannon responded, I miss you too, and I feel like you just want to work. You you want to work out and run. Watts claimed running helps clear my head. It's a way to free... um. To free it all, Shannon to end by the excuse, I wish my husband wanted to talk to me. That's what she wrote. Later that week, Chris and Kissinger, the woman he was cheating with, went on their first date to a local car museum. Shannon attempted to call Chris four times during the during this, and Chris ignored every call. Um, Around July 18th, Chris installed a secret calculator app on his phone. On this app, he stores explicit photos... That Kissinger had been sending him. Oh my goodness. And they put out the photos. Okay. GPS and text messages from Chris's phone showed 
that at the end of the month, on July 28th, the two visited the Great Sand Dunes National Park and spent the night together. Okay. Um, the next two weeks of records from Chris's phone showed him and Shannon's text exchanges becoming increasingly tumultuous. Tumultuous. I don't know what that said. They argued, and Chris's parents, who didn't get um, they are the including arguments about Chris's parents, who didn't get along with Shannon. Wow. So his pa- his parents did not get along with Shannon. That is the worst. That is the worst when you're when you're like. Your spouse doesn't get along with your parent or whatever. Oh, my goodness. Um. So here's the text. Here's some text. This is from... I don't know who this is. Let me see if I can figure it out. It says, perfect. Truth came out last night. I didn't create no dagger between you and your dad. That was done by your mom and your dad. And I, and I won't change a thing. My daughter's life is way more important. And you better believe I wanted to say a whole lot more than I did. But I was being the bigger person and protecting Bella. I didn't tell your dad not to come to not to come to the party. I didn't tell him not to text or call your daughter or uh, or her for her birthday. I didn't tell him to start acting uh, to start acting like he only has two grandkids instead of four. I didn't block your family on Facebook. He did. Myself and your kids have nothing to say to them. They do. They owe your kids their life. Your parents' home isn't a safe zone. Your mom isn't safe. You you can let them tell you what you want, but I didn't. But I didn't uh, tell anyone to stop loving your kids or stop acting like it. He did that to me. You can believe I. You can believe he did that. He did that. Not me. You can believe I created this. You can believe I created this. Dagger, but I didn't do that. I stood up for our kids. I advocated and protected our children. I do. I, you know how text sometimes they're weird. I don't ever want to hear. I'm sorry. I killed your kid because I was stupid. That would kill me. These kids are my world, and I have to protect them from the evil in the world. I, 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 I get it, man. I shouldn't have to protect them from evil family. Our kids deserve the same love and attention the other kids get. Nothing less. I'm not accepting I'm sorry from your mom because she doesn't mean it. Because she doesn't mean it and she knew what she was doing. I made it very clear not to eat around Celeste because she doesn't understand way before that. Because she doesn't understand way before that happened. She's evil and willing to risk your daughter's life just to get under my skin. You and your dad are no different if... What is it? If you are okay with your be, if you're okay with her behavior, there's nothing wrong with me, and I'm not crazy. I just love my kids way too much. From the day I left, you never missed. Uh, you never met. Sorry, you never said I missed you before I said it. Something changed when I left. You may be happier alone, and that's fine. You can be alone. This pregnancy, you have failed to acknowledge it or to acknowledge how I'm feeling. The first trimester is the scariest and the most dangerous. Yet we can. Lose the baby at any point till delivery. I'm not going to be treated this way for having the balls to protect our family and kids. I should get a gold, a gold, uh, I should get a gold ducking medal for handling it. Oh, I see, I see. It, it wasn't ducking, it was fucking. 
I should get a gold fucking medal for handling it the way I did. Because I had a lot of choice words and that I wanted to say. Uh, that's wow. That was that's crazy. That was he was she was talking about the you know the way her parents are because his parents don't like didn't like her. Investigators also confronted Kissinger and seized her phone in order to determine if she knew or had anything to do with the disappearances. The on, they only found that she was infatuated with Chris and had even been searching for wedding dresses online. On August 4th. Jesus. They have, they were together for like a month and a half. Two months. The two had also exchanged romantic cards with each other. Um, moreover. As they continued to comb over Shannon's phone. They also found that on August 7th. She had confide, confided in a friend about Chris's recent behavior and distance. Um, and here's the text. From that. Chris told me last night he's scared to death about this third baby and he's happy with just Bella and Celeste and doesn't want another baby. It's too late, son. It's too late for that. He just scared. Uh, and then her, her friend wrote, he's just scared. Everything will be uh, fun once the baby comes. And then she wrote, Addy, he has changed. I don't know who he is. Fine, not fun. What do you mean? He hasn't touched me all week, kissed me, talked to me, except for when I'm trying to figure out what is wrong. What? Does, that doesn't sound like Chris. Did he go to the Did, did he go to the apartment? Or, or to the appointment? Uh, yes, but cold. Addy, I have no idea what happened. Go through his phone. Make sure this isn't some other. Make sure there isn't some other bitch. I have to kill. That sounds like a friend. This is this is total left field. Why do you, uh, why no to counseling? Totally is out of that field. He said he's not sitting on no damn couch saying what he said to me to no stranger. Oh, Jesus. He refused to hold me, said he not, he's not there, he can't. I haven't slept most week, most of the week. My eyes burn from crying so much, I canceled gender reveal. Nikki is going to tell me today. I need happy news right now. I said to him, I said to him how this is, uh, how I said to him, what does it say? I said to him how this is a few months. Uh, we were, uh, we were so intimate and what I thought in love when I left and he had, and he had a lot of time to think, damn, dude, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, let me see. Hold on. He had a lot of time to think and... See, let me see. It's hard to read the text. It's so small. Hold on. Love here saying, okay. The baby in my belly deserves his full love. Either way, I said, you sat there in this living room and said you think it would be a great thing to have another baby. We talked about it a lot beforehand and we agreed to do this. You were so excited and happy. I think he will come to his senses and feel like an ass in a few months. I grabbed his hand during ultrasound and he didn't grab back. I cringed. He rejected sex night. We arrived. He he rejected sex. Nah, night. We arrived here. The night we arrived here. Only thing I can think, even though I don't think he has it in him, is another girl. So then on August 12, the day before the disappearances, Shannon, who was on a business trip, sent a friend a draft of a speech she planned to give to Chris. When she returned to the to Colorado the next day, um, 
On August 13th, Shannon, along with Bella and Cece, would disappear. On the 15th, the day after seizing Chris's phone and discovering a timeline of his infidelity, the FBI summoned Chris for another interview. During the interrogation, Chris took a polygraph and, of course, he failed it. The FBI continued to interview him for the next few hours and demanded to know the truth of what really happened. Um, and now they they knew Chris was lying. So um, Chris started to show signs of breaking down and eventually asked if he could speak to his father one-on-one. The FBI obliged and went, and when Chris's father arrived, Chris, um, Chris on the camera confided to him and, wow, that he had in fact killed Shannon. What the? Oh my goodness, boy. However, Chris claimed that after returning from a business trip, Shannon and him got in an argument. Shannon then went into the kid's room, and when Chris caught up to her, he saw that she had she had strangled Bella and Cece to death. Listen, that woman did not. <laughs> I mean, we all know this. But you you're talking about a few minutes she managed to kill two kids. I know they're kids, but you're talking about anyway, let me not even when investigators returned to the room, they persuaded Chris to tell him where he put the bodies. Now this is where it gets really bad like when i when I first heard the story, I was like, "What in the actual fuck? I think everybody said that he broke down in tears and told them. He buried them at his work site, a rural petroleum field near Kinsburg, Colorado. That's fucking ridiculous, man. Due to his admission of killing Shannon and concealing the three bodies, the FBI had enough evidence to officially arrest Chris Watts um, the same evening. The FBI didn't buy Chris's version of the event, but for now, they had their man and solved the disappearance. Now all they had to do was find out what really happened that summer night. On August 15, 2018, Chris Watts was arrested for the murder and wife of his wife and concealment of the bodies of her and their two children and was transported to the um, Weld County Jail in Grizzly, Colorado. The next day, the FBI met with Chris to get information from him on where the bodies were specifically located. The work site where he claimed they were dumped is a rural and barren oil field. Oh my goodness. Investigator and Chris's co-workers had searched it earlier but found nothing out of the ordinary. Police returned to the scene and uh, with this information and quickly found bodies which were already decomposing. On the, on the next few days, investigators would continue to press Chris as to what really happened. And eventually, he broke down and confessed to murdering Shannon and both the kids, as opposed to the original story about Shannon killing the kids and him killing Shannon. As a result of this new confession, Chris was officially arraigned on August 21st, 2018 for all three deaths. He was charged with five counts of first-degree murder, including an additional one for her, uh, or including an additional one count per child as death of a child who had not yet attained 12 years of age and the defendant was in a position of trust. Additionally, he was charged with unlawful termination of a pregnancy and the three counts of tampering with a dead body. 
Chris gave in-depth details of what really happened that night. And what happened was even more horrific than his story. Uh, wow. Uh, man. It's, it's, uh. Oh, boy. According to Chris, his, uh, his wife returned home from her business trip and the two had sex before falling asleep. Chris later woke up to get ready to go to work, and when Shannon woke up, they got into an argument. She told him that she knew that he was with someone else and started crying. Chris denied the affair, but then told her he didn't think their marriage would work out and no longer loved her. Shannon said she would take the kids. Chris then straddled her in bed and strangled her with his bare hands. That's insane. She never screamed or fought back, according to the, to Chris. She appeared to be silently praying as he killed her. The commotion woke up Bella. She walked into the master bedroom and saw Chris on top of Shannon. Oh, my goodness. And she asked, what, what's wrong with Mommy? Chris replied that she wasn't feeling good and wrapped Shannon's body in a bed sheet. Oh, my goodness. As Chris dragged Shannon's body down the stairs, Bella started crying and again asked Chris what happened to her mom. And Chris pushed Shannon's body on the rear floorboard of his truck and also placed trash bags over her head and feet. He also placed the gas can in the vehicle. Oh, my goodness, this guy. This guy's ridiculous. And then he backed up the truck into the driveway and returned into the house. The commotion had also woken up Cece. Jesus, man. I don't know if I want to keep reading this. Oh, boy. Chris put her and Bella in the car, each carrying a blanket and Cece cuddling a stuffed dog. Chris recalled that the 45-minute drive to the work site was uneventful, although Bella complained it smelled bass and Shannon's bowels had evacuated after being strangled. At the work site, Chris stated he dragged Shannon's body from the back seat of the truck and buried her, which alarmed the kids. Uh, he then returned to the truck. Chris grabbed the blue Yankees blanket Cece was holding and wrapped her head up with it before suffocating her to death as Bella sat beside them. This is, this is, I should have warned everybody because this is, this is bothering me right now. Like I'm, I'm, and, you know, and, and, and I watch these true crimes. I read these true crimes. I've always, I don't know what this is. You know, I've got kids, um, Man, I don't even know. This is bothering me. But I'm going to keep reading. Bella sat in silence as three-year-old Cece's life was extinguished. He then carried her body to one of the oil tanks and dropped it inside. Oh, man. Bella asked her father, who she was, who she once referenced to as her hero, is the same thing going to happen to me as Cece? He then put the blanket over her head. And then she cried, Daddy, no. She fought for her life as Chris killed her. He told police he could hear her grunt as she tried to breathe. What the fuck is wrong with this motherfucker? Why is he still alive? I don't understand the death penalty. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Jesus. 
Oh, my goodness. Autopsy showed that she bit her tongue severely. Uh, Chris then took, stuffed her body into the second oil tank before starting his work day as usual. I mean, what the fuck was he thinking? Like, you realize he did this all over some pussy, right? And I hate to, I mean, I know kids aren't watching it, listening to this, but none of his co-workers who arrived on the site later that day noticed anything unusual about Chris's behavior. On November 19, 2018, Chris pleaded guilty to all charges against him and was and was spared the death penalty in exchange for his for life in prison without parole. No, no, there are situations where no, the, the, you shouldn't give no, no. My goodness, I know it's the anger talking, man. But there are times when you, I don't think you should give somebody the option to, to you know what? Forget all that, man. Don't give them the option. No, you're not getting spared the death penalty, bro. We're gonna give it to you. And matter of fact, we got room. We got we got room next week. A slot just came open. You know what I'm saying? We're going to bump you up to the top. So you ain't got to wait no five, ten years to get killed. No, you we, we're going to do this by Friday. Friday. Because I got vacation coming. If I was a judge, that's what I would have said. I got vacation coming. And Friday, I want to see you gone. So I'm going to order it done. I'll pay the electric bill. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy, man. This is incredible, man. This guy's still alive. Wow. In addition to his uh, infidelity, Chris also claimed the family was stressed due to having several thousand dollars worth of credit card debt and struggling to pay their mortgage. He also stated that he had uh, resented Shannon for a while because he believed she drove a wedge between him and his family, who Shannon did not get along with for various reasons. In December, Chris was transferred to Dodge Correctional Facility in Wisconsin due to threats he received from other inmates in Colorado. Good. Good. Come on, leave him in there. He will spend the rest of his life behind bars. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. This is crazy. It's crazy. It is It is insane. Crazy insane. I don't understand this, man. What would, what would make a person... In this case, it was... It was, uh, yeah, man, he, I mean, he, you, you can't, like, I don't know, you can't even say, oh, he's out of his mind, I, I, I think that's too, that's, that's not enough, you know, it's that mixed with a bunch of other stuff, you know, he got lust, he's just a weak-minded individual, he's a weak-minded individual, like, you know, you you get you know I would much rather he just you know I don't care look if he didn't want her anymore he's like look man I want to be with this chick look dude get divorced you're gonna lose your house whatever it's fine no it's just material things you know you pay your child support let her do her you know what I'm saying don't stress her out she's pregnant you know what I mean just leave her just leave her and that's it you know she's gonna be broken hearted but she could she could recover from that. You can recover from a broken heart. You know what I'm saying? A little bit, you know, she'll recover. The kids, maybe they'll be a little messed up, get a little therapy. They'll be fine. But no need to harm anybody, man. And the kids, Jesus, man, that day. Oh my God. I don't think I can't like I, I, I need a detox from this. 
And then you go watch cartoons or something, man. Rest in pieces to these, this, this lady and and her and her children. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude, man? God, man, people, you know. Oh man, you know, I don't wish. I hate wishing bad on people, but sometimes, man, you just, yo. You know what I'm saying, man? Jesus, man. But um, this is horrible, man. It's a horrible story, man. It's a horrible story. But anyway, guys, I swear I got Happy New Year to everybody, man. Please um, be good to each other. You know what I'm saying? Be good. Enjoy life. Um, If you're not happy with somebody, at least let them know and then leave. You know, just leave each other and, you know, find a way to work it out or get help. But as always, don't forget to like, subscribe, follow me on social media. My social media is all out of whack, by the way. But you can follow me. <laughs> I'll tell you where you can follow me right now. I've got like four Instagrams. <laughs> oh my goodness. I got uh, just Cigar. Or I got Rafi Reviews because I have a review channel where I review things on YouTube. Nothing to do with true crimes. Ralphie Reviews 2019. All one word. You could, you, you could just put Ralphie Reviews. R-A-L-P-H-Y Reviews. Um, I'm, I started using that page again. It says Rated Our Podcast on it, but that's my old podcast page. Don't pay attention. I also have another um, Instagram, Cigar Ralphie TV. So you can follow both of those. I post on both. I'm so, like, stupid when it comes to this, man. I don't, you know what I mean? When it comes to social media and Cigar Rafi TV on Twitter, follow me on that. And of course, here. And you can, if you have any questions or anything to add to this, you can go on Anchor and leave a message. And as always, I will see you on the next smoke.